Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here they are, the Quiz Kids, presented by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. We're on the air with the School Kids Questionnaire. The Quiz Kids, five representatives of the splendid youth of America. Five bright youngsters eager to tackle another difficult examination that would flunk most of us holsters. Questions were sent in by you listeners and were selected by Sidney L. James of the editorial staffs of Time and Life magazines. The makers of Alka-Seltzer will award a new Zenith portable radio to the sender of each question used on the air tonight. Each of the kids will receive a $100 denomination United States savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Our five quiz kids on the program here in New York tonight are the five who were selected to appear before the 12,000 members of the American Association of School Administrators at Atlantic City yesterday, so tonight's examination will not be scored. Last week's winners will compete again next Wednesday night back in Chicago. But now, here's our chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Ed Hurley, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest observer tonight is Admiral Richard E. Byrd, world-famous Antarctic explorer. And the quiz kids in our Alka-Seltzer schoolroom tonight are Jack. I'm Jack Lucal. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a freshman at the Oak Park and River Forest Township High School. Joan Bishop. I'm Joan Bishop. I'm 14 years old, and I go to the Chicago School for Adults. Gerard. I'm Gerard Darrow. I'm eight years old, and I go to the Bradfield School. Richard? I'm Richard Williams. I'm 11 years old, and I'm in the sixth grade at Harrison School, East Chicago, Indiana. And Joan McCullough? I'm Joan McCullough. I'm 14, and I attend Nazareth Academy High School, LaGrange, Illinois. You see, friends, Joan McCullough was our alternate at Atlantic City last night, but no one got tummy aches, so Van Dyke Tears thought it only right that she'd be on the program tonight while he looks on. Well, all right, kids, you won't be scored tonight, but if you do extra well, I'll buy you all a double chocolate soda on your tour here in New York tomorrow. And you have just ten seconds before the first question. Probably someone in your family has a cold, but has he or she been told about the relief Alka-Seltzer offers for cold distress? When colds come, don't forget. Take care of yourself and take Alka-Seltzer. All right, Joe. 
Thank you, Ed. Well, quiz kids, here's a simple sounding first question. Very simple indeed. Walter S. Harwood of Arlington, Virginia wants to know the name of the largest island in the largest lake on the largest island in the largest lake of the world. Richard? Uh, do you mean the largest freshwater lake? Uh, that's right. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's Siskiwit Island in Siskiwit Lake on Isle, Isle Royal in Lake Superior. Marvelous, Richard. That's... Wow! You know, Richard, just to understand the question was plenty, <laughs> let alone giving the correct answer. I'm glad I didn't have to explain that. <laughs> well, our next question here, two out of three. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Rose Berman of New York City would like to have you identify these giants. A giant that was decapitated by his own sword. That's the first one, John uh, McCullough. That was Goliath. And can you uh, tell us a little something about it? Well, he, well, David stunned him with his sling, and uh, after he was knocked out, he pulled his sword out of his sheath and chopped off his head. That's right, that's fine. All right, here's the second one. A giant who used four-foot logs for toothpicks. Joan Bishop. Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, can you tell us a little something about him? Well, the woodchoppers of Minnesota have this legendary woodchopper, and, oh, I don't know how tall he was, and he put his foot into a lake, and it splashed, and that was what made all the lakes in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Joan. Thanks very much. And here is the last one. Of course, you've gotten the first two, two out of three, but uh, I'd like for you to get this third one, uh, just to give you a perfect day at bat, in other words. Uh, a giant who requires the help of at least eight other giants to win his battles. Joan uh, Bishop. The New York Giants. The New York Giants, that's right. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> All right, let's see what our next question is here. Mrs. E. E. Nykirk of St. Petersburg, Florida, says that birds as a class are a mighty fine bunch of people, but she hopes none of your parents have followed the example of the rook in training you. She wants to know why. Gerard? Because uh, the rooks teach their young to steal. And if they catch them at stealing, they punish them so that they'll be so clever so that they won't get caught. And I don't want to make them uh, look bad, but because they just want to show them that stealing will help them make their living. And they, and they do this very cleverly all their lives. And I think that the mother and father rooks are very wise. Well, good for you, Gerard. In other words, a rook is a crook, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right for the birds, but not for us. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Gerard. Now, the next one is from Homer Lobby of Eaton, Pennsylvania, and it's a practical problem. If you had a, a mixture of one part sand and one part sugar, how could you separate the two? Richard? I'd uh, put, it into the, uh, put it into water and dissolve the sugar 
and then empty out the sand. That's the answer right there. No, well, you wouldn't answer, uh, empty out the sand. You'd empty out the water. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you got the cart before the horse there a little bit, <laughs> but that was swell. Now, Mrs. Irma Bloomquist of Oak Park, Illinois, says it isn't likely to happen, but if you did run into a bridge game with the following four men playing, how would you expect the partners to be paired? Dr. Hu Shu, Prince Konoyi, T.V. Song, Kishi Sabura Nomura. <laughs> Jack Lukel. Well, um, Song and uh, Shi would be, um, they're both Chinese, and uh, they'd be on one side, and um, Nomura, and who was the other one? Well, wait just a second. Like I, no, Nomura is the, uh, is Japanese, but I didn't get the, uh, other person. Uh, Prince, uh, I'll tell you what I'd like for you to do, Jack. I'd like for you to give me that again, will you? The whole thing? All right. Dr. Shi and Dr. Uh, Sung are both Chinese. That's right. And, they'd, and uh, they'd be on one side, and, uh, Nomura, and I didn't get the other one. Prince Konoi. Well, uh, Nomura and Konoi would be, uh, Japanese, and so they'd be playing against Dr. Shi and Sung. That's right. Correct, Jack. Now then, uh, Oscar H. Woodward of Loudon, New Hampshire, has a musical crossword puzzle for you. He wants you to sing the notes that spell the answers to the following. Here's the first one. A means of transportation in three letters. Joan Bishop? C-A-B. Cab. <laughs> well, now let's see. No, Wait a minute, no, I'm wrong here. There. Wait uh -huh. just a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, you give it to me again, will you? C-A-B. Well, sing it. C-C-A-B. <laughs> no, I'm afraid you're wrong on the last note there, uh, Joan. C. A. No, no, that's G you're playing there. <laughs> there, there. That's All right, now, wait a minute. <laughs> C. A. That's it. <laughs> well, it seems to me that somebody was wrong there. It must have been me. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. A four-letter word describing the affliction of Beethoven. A four-letter word. D-E-A-F. All right, wait just a second. D-D-E-A-A. Pardon me, <laughs> that was my mistake. A-F. That's very good. Now watch out on this next one. A four-letter word describing Methuselah. Oh, <laughs> G E no, pardon me. A A G E D. Oh wait just a second. A G E D. Good for you, John. Well, there's the bell, kids. 
But say, I have another tough uh, mathematics problem here sent in by W.E. Jones of McHenry, Illinois. And uh, Richard, I thought you might like to take a try at it during recess. Here it is. A man built a factory with a capacity of 300 employees, but he wanted to start operations gradually. He hired three men the first day, three more the next working day, and so on until he had his 300. Then came a headache over the payroll. How much did he owe at the end of the day he hired the last man if he paid them all $3 a day? No paper and pencil, Richard. Now figure this out in your head, and you can start now because it's recess time. Mr. Kelly. Just a moment. Uh, okay. Uh, do you mean he didn't pay, he had to pay all the salaries at the end of the last day for all the days that he had hired? Oh, naturally. Sure. All right, you go ahead, Dad. <laughs> surprising, isn't it, how much our children really know these days? Yes, it's downright amazing. But what I wonder at most is why we parents keep on trying to explain a scolding or some denied pleasure to the children with that age-old, outworn excuse, Daddy isn't feeling well, or Mother has a headache. Most of us are a little irritable and cranky when we don't feel right physically, and that's the time to call Alka-Seltzer to the rescue. Do you always have Alka-Seltzer in your home? Wouldn't it be worthwhile to have this added help just in case a headache, acid indigestion, muscular pain and fatigue, or the misery of a cold threatens to upset the harmony of your home? Many parents answer yes emphatically to this question, and millions keep Alka-Seltzer on hand and depend on it for relief in all these annoying ailments. Remember, Alka-Seltzer is commended by the Consumer Service Bureau of Parents Magazine. Be wise. Ask your druggist for Alka-Seltzer tonight or tomorrow. Never be without it in your home. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Quiz Kids, presented by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Questions on this program are sent in by you listeners, and for each one used on the air, the makers of Alka-Seltzer will award a new Zenith portable radio with patented built-in movable wave magnet. Operating under the most difficult conditions with big set performance, this handsome portable radio will operate on its own self-contained lifelong battery or on your electric light current. Just mail your question in a letter or on a postcard to Quiz Kids, National Broadcasting Company, Chicago. Quiz Kids, National Broadcasting Company, Chicago. We reserve the right to reword questions, and if like questions are submitted, the first received will be used. All questions become the property of Quiz Kids. Well, we're ready for the second half of our examination. Uh, by the way, Richard, how did you get along with that problem I gave you to do in your head just before recess? Well, uh, he'd owe four, $45,450. $45,450 is right! <laughs> nice going there, Richard. Uh, will you tell us how you worked that out? Well, you see, the first day he'd pay $9 because he paid each man $3 a day, didn't he? And the last day he'd pay $900. And so it'd be 9 plus 900, which would be 909, and divide that by 2, and that would give you 454 and a half, and that's the average of what he paid each day. 
and he paid 100 days, so you'd multiply that by 100, and that gives you $45,450. Richard, you're a boy after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take some more questions. Now, uh, Mrs. Franklin L. Omick of Spokane, Washington, heard uh, you two weeks ago when uh, you came up with the right answer to a question about the time that elapsed between the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the Gettysburg Address. She wants you to tell us what Abraham Lincoln's opening line would be if he were to deliver his Gettysburg Address today. Today makes a big difference. Jack Lucal. Uh, eight score and five years ago today. That's right, Jack. Good for you. Now then, Jack Gossett of Lincoln, Illinois, has a question that may embarrass you just a bit. He asks the names of the two ships Admiral Byrd took with him to Antarctica in 1933 to 1935. The names of the two ships. Jack Lucal? Was one of them the Roosevelt? No. Oh, my goodness sakes. The Admiral sitting right here close by. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, uh, Jack... Uh, uh, I'm not sure of this either. Is it the one of them, the bear? Well, uh, yes, and uh, can you give us a little more on that, Jack? Um, the only thing I can think of would be polar bear. But... <laughs> Well, you're pretty warm, even though you are talking about polar bears. <laughs> Joan, you had your hand up. Well, that's what I was going to say. Oh, you were. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'll tell you. Uh, well, Gerard has his hand up. Gerard? I'm only taking a terribly rough guess. Are you? Could, it be, could one be the penguin? Well, it could be, but it wasn't. <laughs> I'll tell you what let's do. Let's uh, call on the Admiral and have him uh, give you the uh, two names. Uh, Admiral Byrd, will you step up and tell uh, the children, myself, and everybody here? <laughs> That's about the only question I could answer better than these young <laughs> The uh, Bear of Oakland and the Jacob Rupert. Thank you very much. I'm glad the Admiral knew that. Uh... <laughs> now, um, our next question, L.E. Trunkey of Knoxville, Illinois, thinks you should be able to name two comic strip characters who recently joined the Army. Gerard? Well, uh, Pete the Tramp and the, and the Doctor. Well, all right, we'll accept uh, those two. Um, uh, Richard? Will Winkle. Well, I don't think he's joined. He's uh, considering it, uh, <laughs> possibly by request. <laughs> John uh, McCullough? Joe Palooka. That's one that we know, definitely. All right, uh, Jack... Uh, I was going to say Joe Palooka, too. I see. <laughs> well, Snuffy Smith could be another one, too. <laughs> Old Snuffy, yes, sir. <laughs> now, among the uh, people interviewed by Wendell Wilkie on his recent trip to England were Clement Attlee, Ernest Bevan and Herbert Morrison. Why did Mr. Wilkie wish to see these particular men? Jack Lugel. Well, um, Major, uh, his name is Clement uh, Richard Attlee is the um, 
the British Lord Privy Seal, and uh, he has charge of all the documents, especially um, all military secret uh, documents in England, and he's very important. And um, Ernest Bevan is the Minister of Labor and, uh, and uh, National Service, and he, that's a very important post. And uh, Herbert Morrison is the Secretary of State for Home Affairs. That's very good, Jack. Very, very good. Uh, last night at Atlantic City, when 12,000 school superintendents put you through your paces in Convention Hall, I think you acquitted yourselves very well. I'm sure the school administrators were convinced you are very good in many subjects, but that doesn't interest May Love of Chicago, Illinois. She wants to know in what subject you make your worst grades at school and why. Well, let's start with John McCullough. Well, I think it's English because I don't like to make book reports. <laughs> All right, John. How about the rest of you children? Jack Lucal? Well, um, I think I, the lowest grades I get are in Latin. I, I like it, but uh, all those verb forms sort of scare me, and I don't learn them as well as I could. <laughs> all right, Jack. Uh, how about uh, John Bishop? Well, I think I'm forced in arith arithmetic and algebra and those studies. <laughs> I see. And the fact that you uh, are, that's the reason I don't you... care for them. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Richard, how about you? Well, I usually get lower grades in uh, physical education. <laughs> well, now, I never thought you were lazy or anything like that, Richard. <laughs> Why do you suppose that is true? Well, I don't know. <laughs> now, don't tell me you can't figure that one out. <laughs> well, all right. We'll let it go at that. Uh, Gerard? Well, I'm forced in arithmetic. You are? <laughs> you admit it, huh? I admit it, and I hate practicing writing, you... but I love to write. <laughs> you do, huh? <laughs> but you don't like to practice. <laughs> well, now, kids, <laughs> I, uh, I hope this won't embarrass you, but uh, I'm curious to know just how bad you are in these subjects. Uh, do you mind telling me what your exact grade in arithmetic uh, is, Gerard? Well, I think it's around a C. Around a C. All right, uh, John uh, Bishop. Well, it's about the same as Gerard's. <laughs> <laughs> Richard? Well, uh, in our school, E means excellent, and that's what I got in physical education. <laughs> <laughs> Well, say, you're doing all right then, Richard. <laughs> uh, John McCullough. Well, I get around A or A minus. Oh, is that all? <laughs> well, Jack, how about you? Well, uh, I get, um, I think my semester average in Latin was uh, 88, and that's um, 88 out of 100. That's a B in uh, the way we grade. Well, that's swell, kids. That's fine. <laughs> Lewis, uh, Lewis Leeser of Twin Falls, Idaho, thinks that at this season you should be able to tell us what the following have in common. A McGinty, an Ibis, and a Colonel Fuller. Richard? They're all flies. What kind of flies? 
Well, flies for fishing. That's right, fishing flies. That's good, Richard. Now, Joan uh, Raddick of Avon, South Dakota, reminds you that vanity is considered a feminine trait these days, but she wants you to tell her what male in mythology is noted for his great vanity. Gerard? It was Narcissus, who was changed into a flower because of his vanity. Well, that's very, very good. Uh-oh. Well, there's the bell, kids, tolling the end of our examination tonight. And we'll hear from Admiral Richard E. Byrd in just a moment. And here's a simple ABC lesson for all of you to remember. Always beware of colds. When you fool around with a cold, you're only fooling yourself. You're asking for trouble. The real wise thing for you to do is to take care of that cold and try the Alka-Seltzer ABC cold treatment. See how it can help you weather much of the usual suffering and distress. And here it is, simple as ABC. A, Alka-Seltzer. Take it for fast, effective relief from cold distress. B, be careful. Get more rest than usual. Stay out of drafts. Avoid stuffy, overheated rooms. Get your daily quota of vitamins. And C, Comfort your raw, raspy throat due to the cold by gargling with Alka-Seltzer. Now, isn't that simple? Yes, and mighty sensible and effective, too. Try it and see for yourself, but don't wait. Take care of that cold now. Get Alka-Seltzer from your druggist right away, and be sure to ask for and get the genuine Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Well, kids, uh, as I told you before, we're not scoring you tonight, and uh, you only missed one question tonight, and I think that's fine. Now then, uh, Admiral Byrd, we're all eager to hear from you. Friends, Admiral Richard E. Byrd, famous Antarctic explorer, author, and scientist, our guest observer for the evening. Uh, thank you, Mr. Kelly. Gerard, with your great interest in nature... I wish you could have been with us in the Antarctic. Do you think you'd know an emperor penguin if you met one, Gerard? I certainly would, Admiral Byrd. I've seen the ones in the field museum that you brought back with you from the South Pole. The emperor penguins are larger than most penguins and have distinct yellowish-orange markings about the neck. They're very beautiful. Right you are, Gerard. Not many people would have known that. Youngsters are always surprising me with how much they know. Not only you quiz kids, but all children, even my own. But I'm sure I couldn't even begin to keep up with you children in answering hard questions. I realize I've got to do a lot of reading up. It goes without saying that this program is one of my favorites. And I think one of the reasons is that I am aware of what you are doing for education generally. I know one teacher who told all her pupils to listen to the quiz kids every Wednesday night as a homework assignment. Mighty pleasant homework, I should say. But the point is that this program is stimulating learning and reasoning, and this old world hasn't burdened itself with an overabundance of either. Thank you, Admiral Byrd. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Well, Quiz Kids, you all did excellent late night, and you needn't worry about those sodas I mentioned. <laughs> I'm sure the children of America felt that you represented them very well indeed, and I'm happy to present to you at this time 
<coughs> pardon me, these $100 denomination United States savings bonds on behalf of the makers of Alka-Seltzer for you to use in planning your future education to further equip yourself for worthy citizenship in this great land of ours. <laughs> Friends, I'll announce the contestants on next week's examination as soon as we hear a final word from Ed Hurley. These winter days play safe. Be sure. Give yourself and every member of your family an ample daily supply of vitamins A and D. Take one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets, the new vitamin product now offered and guaranteed by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Each one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablet contains the same amount of vitamins A and D contained in two whole teaspoonfuls of cod liver oil meeting minimum United States pharmacopoeia standards. And this means that each tablet is guaranteed to contain 6,250 units of vitamin A and 625 units of vitamin D. And listen, you take only one tablet a day. That's your normal daily need. And it costs only a penny a day. When you buy vitamins, read the number of units on the label. Then you'll see how economical one-a-day tablets are. Yes, 30 tablets cost only 35 cents. 90 tablets, just 85 cents, and 180 tablets, only $1.50. One-a-day brand vitamin tablets have been tested and approved by Good Housekeeping Bureau and commended by Consumer Service Bureau of Parents Magazine. Get one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets from your druggist. Look for the big one on the package. Thank you, Ed Hurley. Well, next week, friends, we'll be back in Chicago. Remember, last Wednesday night, we had a tie for third, so our class will include four winners from last week. Jack Lukel, Richard Williams, Nancy Bush, and Nani Khan. Our newcomer will be Nancy Cogachal, 14, of River Forest, Illinois. Meanwhile, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until next Wednesday at this same time. Good night, kids. Good night, Mr. Kelly. Listen again next Wednesday night to the Quiz Kids. The makers of Alka-Seltzer present three programs each week, all of them on NBC Network. Ed Hurley speaking. This is the National Broadcasting Company.